The San Jose Sharks return home after a disappointing trip in Arizona, and they clapped it in for a victory as we celebrate Patrick Marlowe, number two all-time in games played, passing Mark Messier. We'll talk about him, another Eric who spells his name the right way, and more right now on Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, March 29th, 2021. Oh, you guys are hilarious in the chat already. Uh, <laughs> and the San Jose Sharks win 4-3 to three in a shootout. Welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks postgame. We do this after every single game. So if you want to be part of the show, teal together and interact with us, along with the fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Of course, follow us on the social Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Of course, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel, SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course, Discord. And find everything at tealtownusa.com. With allergies, hi everybody. I'm Eric alongside Al Martinet. Al, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Outside allergies, and I've been up since 11.30 last night. Fantastic. Uh, I know that schedule, so uh, hope you're doing. <laughs> hope you're doing all right. Likewise, my friend. So, the 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 talk about this game going into tonight was Patrick Marlowe surpassing Mark Messier for most games played in the NHL. Uh, I mean, a tremendous accomplishment all around, uh, and and kudos to him. You know, stick taps all around. They they uh, make the public announcement over the PA system. You know, about what, maybe two and a half minutes in, and then off the draw, Jeffrey VL making his NHL debut, drops the gloves with uh, with uh, Luke Johnson. Uh, what did you think of the of the first fight for both of the guys? Actually, uh, I mean, it was the first game for VL, um, so I thought it was more or less just him seeing what he could do, uh, proving himself, getting him in. Get himself acquainted and onto the ice. Um, you know, I thought he played decent tonight. It was a pretty good fight, too. I thought it was a pretty good um, back to the early 2000s hockey. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that was probably his only real highlight of the night. Um, I'm trying to see what his, his ice time was. But he was pretty much kind of limited tonight. But pretty good bout um, back and forth. Refs didn't really, like, interfere too much until... I think there was a real consideration about him hitting the head on the ice, which they then kind of stopped. Right. Yeah. So a uh, good fight all around. I, I think probably more competitive than anything uh, in this one versus anybody else that has fought this season for the Sharks. So stick taps to VL doing his thing. Apologies in advance if I start sneezing. Uh, it's just been a crazy day with the allergies. Uh, Benjamin Castle, you, you're you absolutely right. I forgot Mark Messi was a shark for a moment, and he was a shark longer than Mike Hoffman. <laughs> he actually played a... Uh, well, I don't know about that. No, yeah, he, he never really played for the Sharks. It was kind of a uh, secret uh, thing. I believe it was involved like in expansion draft or, or some sort of that Uh for uh, for I think like compensatory purposes, I'll I'll have to get back to you on that. But 
So Viel gets into his fight. Things, you know, looked all right. Things looked all right so far. And and then, then the things, then the defense kind of went a little haywire for a moment there on um, on Johansson's goal. It was, uh, you know, Fiala had a breakaway. Nice save by Jones. But everybody went towards Fiala, pretty much left Johansson all alone to take a, take a quick shot, gets it in there, and to make it one nothing. I thought early on defensively they were not pretty. No. Um, you know, I do think this is a little bit on both Jones and the defense. Uh, I thought Jones could have played a little bit of both. Um, you know, I, I get that you probably shouldn't do that. You should probably be more aggressive on the shooter. And, but, um, at the same time, the defense wasn't set up and this really did lead to that opportunity. Yeah. Made it one, nothing. And then a little later in the period, not too long though, about mm, almost four minutes later, redeemed Shimmick with a nice shot. I thought it deflected off of Dylan Gambrell considering how, how it went in, but, League still has it listed uh, unless it changed over with over the last half hour on NHL.com. Um, it was a uh, redeem shimmick from Donato and Leonard to get his second of the season. Uh, and I, I still, I was, I'll still say yeah. that was, was Gambrell, but uh, he wasn't even sure when he got interviewed by, uh, by Hetty during intermission. Uh, but, and nice to see the defense tonight coming into uh, the offensive mark. Yeah, like you said, um, Gambrell essentially screening the goalie and doing what Pavelski used to do for us all the time, taping in front of the net. Um, you know, Simic hasn't really done much all season, but this was a great shot from the point that got through. Um, you know, Simic is on what his first year of his extension, and I hope hope that he's going to you know use this momentum for the next year but i'm still kind of like iffy on him right now um but like you said this is totally i thought i thought for sure this was gambrell's point yeah but uh lacy saying it hit brodine uh 100 uh, or well now he has changed that to i give it two percent chance that it hit gambrell before brodine so the, the so you're saying changing. there's a chance. Yeah. So, so you're saying there's a chance, Lacey. Okay. Right, right. That made it one-one, and then former Shark prospect Nick Menino uh, gets hit his fourth of the season. He got a great pass from Erickson Eck, who who made Kanijov look silly with that little toe drag dangle move, and then fed over Benito to make it two-one after one. And this is after the Sharks really dominated the first period. I mean, in, in shots, I mean, early on it was five, nothing. And then, you know, later on it, you know, it ended up being 18, seven. And, uh, you know, like you could tell there was some frustration there and it, but, you know, unlike past teams and something they've learned in the last few years, it's not been consistent though, but, definitely persevered and not let that get to them. Yeah. And they did carry the shot totals into the second period. They carried the momentum into the second period, which is something they didn't really do into the, into the first half of the season. Um, once that second period started, 
man, it seemed like they just couldn't get anything started. Um, but, um, you know, the first period I thought was great. Both the Sharks had a lot of pucks at the net, um, which is something they didn't really do for the most part in Arizona. Um, Arizona really did carry the, the play, the pace of the play a lot, but that's right. mostly because of the speed Arizona has. Um, but this was a great, um, you know, this was definitely a better game than the last two from the Sharks. Yeah. And a pretty evenly squared game. I mean, the only penalty in the game was the Jared Spurgeon puck over glass call, which was kind of surprising. And and you, you kind of wonder, Al, you know, after the entire thing with Tim Peel, if there's some hesitancy, uh, just a skosh, uh, about calling calling something that's maybe iffy. Or maybe they're playing. But honestly, I didn't see anything that was like egregious uh, that should have been called. No, I thought this was a clean game. Um, the only like real penalty was, for, you know, like the, the five minutes, like or the, the penalty that you said. But, you know, even if like the Sharks got a penalty or power play, you know, the power play has been so inconsistent for the Sharks that it really was going to have to be a, a factor at all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, didn't do much. They had some chances, but not really a whole lot on on that man advantage uh again the only one of the game uh but later in the period uh Kane would turn up and he could have gotten off the ice uh and Meyer kind of went to the bench with it. I was kind of surprised but he was at his end of the shift but Kane would feed Carlson who would he would slap it in past Talbot to tie the game at 2-2 which would start you know a pretty decent night for uh EK65 uh he's, he gets first of two on on the night uh nice to see carlson shooting a little bit more with the great shot that he has was this the one off the post no that was the second one okay so i this is mostly off of vander kane like he had a great read off the defense that led to vander kane's you know point off the shot um i i really liked vander kane's game this season i thought he's really picked it up since uh you know, last year where he kind of was non-existent, right. but you know, he's had a lot to prove this season, especially with everything going on. And that seems like it's not really been a distraction, um, but he's been really the most consistent forward for the sharks um, all around defense, offense. Um, he's been everything you kind of asked for. And he's been, that contract has not really been something you really thought about for Vander Kane, for uh, Vander Kane. Um, but it's really like to get on what EK 65, like, this has been one of his better games, and hopefully it leads to something bigger. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, you hope that it's that one thing that will get them going a little bit more because, I mean, let's be honest here. There have been games where he's absolutely dogged it. There are games where he just did not look right. Uh, you know, he. we hear that he's 100%, so hopefully that will keep things going. And he did in the third period with that slap shot. Uh, with that nice feed, I, I'll give uh, Ryan Donato uh, credit for uh, with two primary assists on it tonight. Uh, Eric Carlson grips it and rips it off the post and in. A lot of posts, a lot of crossbars on this night, either going in or or staying out. And uh, he gives the Sharks a 3-2 lead early in the third, and things looked pretty good. Uh, I thought, uh, especially, again, you love to see a slapper from uh, EK65. Yep. 
Yeah, um, as it stands now for the ice time tonight, um, EK or Burns had 25 minutes tonight. I thought he was decent. Um, and EK65 had 25 minutes too. And I thought things were spread out too. So you don't really spread out, you don't really exhaust your defense a lot. Um, was there anyone that you looked at that you thought was a little bit um, just a disappointment tonight? Uh, you know, they played fairly well. I mean, Vlasic wasn't even too bad as well. But in, cons- in considering outside of Shimmick, Vlasic with just 17 minutes. It's interesting how the, how his time on ice has really um, come down, you know. Uh, and, and, but, you know, you see Mario with 22. You see Carlson and Burns at 25 each. Outside that dirty dingle, <laughs> they, the, I mean, the defense played fairly well tonight. Yes, they gave up three goals, and, you know, they had a tough time clearing the puck out on the 3-3 goal with Fiala, which, you know, was frustrating enough that, yeah. you know, Eric Carlson breaks his own stick. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I thought for that goal, and I know we're getting a little bit ahead of it, but I thought for that goal, I thought Jones was a, lot, was a little bit out of position. And his rebound control tonight was really questionable tonight. Yeah, I mean, uh, 22 saves on the night, uh, 880 save percentage. Uh, rough t- two nights after, uh, you know, after he finally gets over the 900 mark, <laughs> uh, after a great run against LA and Anaheim, and uh, you know, uh, tough for Jones, but uh, you know, he, he he getting some praise from Bob Bugner as he uh, says after the game. I think Jones is playing himself into that number one role. Credit to him. He's changed his game around and is helping get a, helping us get points. We'll see what the week holds, but I like how he's playing. So, a lot better than when he got absolutely run over on by Bugner on via a bus against LA early in the year. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Bugner would go on to say this game is a, was about patience and not getting rattled. We responded well and got our offense going. Winning close ones and learning how to win those is a big deal for us. Absolutely, and especially since they still can't hold on to a lead. Uh, yeah, one thing I've always harped on is the Sharks have given up. You know, when they've scored first, they've given up nine leads, and they've lost them. So, like, you look at the standings right now, and the Sharks are, like, second to last in the Western Division. And, you know, every point matters right now. And... That that's that that's the thing with the Sharks is they had their chance, they've scored first plenty of times. It's just they've been far too inconsistent, um, especially, you know, early in the season, second period, it really has hurt them um, from gaining any momentum. Um, now we can talk about the defense all you want, but the four depth has really been the the main issue. Um, you know, Meyer has been kind of a ghost all season. I, I don't, I've not liked Meyer all year. Um, and thankfully he signed that extension when he did because, <laughs> um, you know, I don't think he'd be getting the money that he is right now. No. And, you know, Hetty and Randy have been calling him out on the broadcast, you know, the last few games. In fact, I remember Hetty was like upset that he didn't finish his check. He went 200 feet all the way down and you didn't finish your check. 
You know, uh, the same thing, like I said, on that two on two on one, it could have been a three on one with Meyer, Keane and and Carlson. And but they went onward and scored, which is fine. Uh, And granted, you you need to get off the ice sooner than later. So we'll give him that. But yeah, Meyer's got to be better, especially for my fantasy hockey team. Uh, That's that's kind of critical. I I dropped him in February. So, (laughs) (laughs) well. Uh, the game would go into overtime. Uh, you know, Meyer had a crossbar shot. I thought as, the, as they were taking advantage of a of a turnover for Minnesota early on in overtime, uh, and then the null goal by Spurgeon, uh, which you know was was pretty obvious there. I mean, Spurgeon's stick was you know you know as Jones is crouching over, probably about eye length with with him so that's uh that would be a no goal there but uh i thought the sharks played fairly well in that in that overtime yeah they had um about i want to say four chances in that overtime um there are plenty of chances where the sharks could have taken a shot but the worst times the the sharks have ever played is when they're too passive Mm um you know ek not really shooting the puck when he's had the chance to potentially get the hat trick or even Burns like going for another pass when he should have taken a shot. Um, you know, there, there's just like certain things where I thought the Wild had the better overall chances just because they were more aggressive, but the Sharks have probably should have had three or four more shots on the ice or on goal. Yeah, and they, they, they looked like they could have won this game a number of times in overtime uh, and just did not get the breaks or hit the post or just went wide. Uh, then it went on to the shootout where, you know, they've been dominant in the shootout. Uh, and meanwhile, it was Minnesota's first go around this season. Uh, Jones let two in, but, you know, LeBanc and Couture, you know, saved his bacon as the Sharks yeah. did a rare one where they went second in in the in the uh, shootout and then go back and forth. And Hartman did a slap shot and nothing doing i think he actually missed the net and then carlson would go in and score the game winner and just slap it in so uh keep doing whatever it is you're doing ek65 uh you got two goals on the night and the and the game deciding goal uh he is the first defenseman in team history to have two goals and a shootout goal in a game uh carlson has six shootout goals all six have been the deciding goal his last one (laughs) was nearly four and a half years ago in a game in Philadelphia. His two-goal game is the first two-goal game in the regular season for the Sharks. Uh, He had one, I think it was at the conference final against St. Louis, and the first one, I think, the last time it was December of 2017 against Minnesota when he was with the Senators. What are you laughing about? <laughs> I'm just, I was just thinking, well, does the hand pass count? You had to bring that up. You just had to bring it up. They call it a goal. They call it a goal. Don't worry. We're not allowed to make, you know, complain about referee calls for, an, I think, another 25 years, I think, yeah. is that what it was? So more, more comments coming into the, into the, uh, uh, 
from the media call. It was a lot of fun, a lot of energy on the bench. Fun to have an ending like that from Dylan Gambrell. Uh, his Barracuda teammate, uh, Jeff Viel. Uh, Viel did a great job, made good plays, relished the opportunity. Uh, you know. Yeah, I was kind of surprised Marlowe didn't get a shot just because this was, you know, passing Mark Messier. You know, at a certain point, I get that you go from, you know, Logan LeBanc um, at a certain point. You, you Marlo's pretty far down the list, but tonight was probably one of those nights where you just kind of throw Marlowe higher up in the chain um, and see if he can actually score on tonight's game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too sure how many times, you know, you know, EK65 actually shoots in the shootout. It doesn't seem that much. It seems pretty rare, but um, I probably would have gone Marlowe then, you know, EK65. Just, but that's, we still won, but I, that's what I probably would have done. Yeah. In the, in the, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, granted, you have talented players, and that's why I've been saying, is that you have enough talent to get into the playoffs. It's just that talent executing to achieve success. Yeah, and, you know, you know, Hurdle was, you know, he had COVID for a little bit, and, like, Sorensen was hurt for a little bit. Like, the forward depth, when it's there, is decent. It's just this forward depth hasn't really been 100% healthy, uh, especially with this covid short season, uh, with all the games compacted. It's not really worked out for the for the Sharks. Take it that every team in the NHL has kind of had to work out with these injuries, um, and the Sharks have just don't have the four depth to sustain something like that. They should. They have. I mean, they have a number of players that can do it, and and I would. I I expected them to be a lot more successful, uh, but unfortunately. Hasn't been the case this year, but they go on and win this game. And Jeffrey VL on uh, going the wrong way in the pregame skate. Uh, the guy's giving a hard time about it. You know, <laughs> uh, if you didn't see it, I think it was like uh, on pregame with Brody and Curtis. He came out on to the ice, and usually you go right uh, to warm up. Um, he went left. <laughs> and granted, you know, I know the Barracuda like rarely use the Sharks locker room during games. Uh, I think it's like only like when I think when the uh, Barracuda were deep into the playoffs um, and then came right back out. It was like, oops. And you could see the chuckles as the guys are coming out on the ice. So had fun with it, uh, you know. But overall, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think this is going to be kind of like the next, you know, I I know I know we get like too optimistic about looking in the future, but um, I think it's going to be nice just to look at the talent going ahead and just say, hey, this guy is going to have his first game. Um, um, it's going to be nice just to, you know, watch hockey with no expectations for a little while um, compared to how for the last, let's just say the last 10 years. It was second round, third round, or bust. Yeah. Or really, it was Stanley Cup or bust. So it's going to be nice to not have uh, expectations for this team for a little while, even though this team is, you know, has a slew of issues that we can talk about for, for hours. 
Yeah. I, I just think uh, it's it's kind of a toss-up, and we kind of see it in the chat. You know, Kevin's saying give the other teams all the points, high draft pick, or this season is truly lost. You also you also have this is the start of a ten game winning streak to the show playoffs baby. No, I don't <laughs> you know uh, it, it? See that's that's the thing this season is that you're kind of at a crossroads and and we'll we'll play we will do the tankathon in a little bit but I mean you're you're kind of meh you know look. Kevin is absolutely right. Like, for the Sharks to even like have a chance to make the playoffs, they would have to essentially win, let's just say, 15 out of the last 20 games in regulation. That way, they can you know take points from other teams, especially playoff teams, to even like legitimately get close to a wild card spot. Um, do I think they're even going to do that? No, like the hill is way too hard to climb. Um, and it would probably serve them to, you know, lose every game, bench Jones, like everyone (laughs) wants them to do, um, rest Logan, who I think is nursing a lot of injuries right now. Um, I don't think he's been the same since that, uh, Jeff Carter hit. Um, what was it? Two weeks ago, the the Carter Bud end last week. Two weeks before, in two weeks ago, it was a rough hit in the back that kept him out a couple of times. You know, yeah, you can capture that audio, (laughs) (laughs) but I like like Vegas has the Sharks like one in two hundred and fifty like to win the Stanley Cup. So if you wanted a bet, you can. So how to do it if you really wanted to. It's just, you know, like, I completely agree. It's just like, rest Hurdle, rest Logan, rest Burns, like, rest all these people. But, like, does it serve the Sharks? That's the thing. That's a good question uh, as to the future of it. Are you wanting to get in to make it look good? Or do you... Uh, know where you're at with a reset uh, and and start working to get better assets because like <laughs> excuse me let's sorry because like if you're going to like do that i mean the only reason marlo's on the on the team here is to get that record in a strikes uniform well let's face it like he's been a like another another ghost person on the sharks hasn't really done much. I love Marlowe, but like it was time for him to go. But like, like, do you think like the sharks should trade Marlowe and have him get the record in another uniform? Well, see, that's the thing. You know, and, and you know, man, oh man. You know, you have all this built up. I mean, let's be honest. Going into this season. Going into the season, Al, what's the one thing that they were talking about? Was they were talking about this the streak and then trying to get back into the playoffs. There's talks that there could be fans back in the stands on, you know. The 23rd? Uh, that's a rumor. 
we can, we try to get that confirmed, and we haven't heard a date from anybody that we know about. But I mean, th- take it as you will. If there's fans in the stands before the season can end, you know, they're going to have a little ceremony for him. But here's the here's the other thing. If you can get something for him, and granted, I mean, for a guy that scored two goals this season, I don't think you're going to get much. You know, um, <laughs> I, I mean, it's what do you what do you do? I mean, if there's a if there's a spot for him to go and Patty's okay to go, then I think you make the move. You make the move and, and go f- go from there. You know, uh, you know. And my uh, <laughs> Julio <laughs> get the hundred twentieth round draft pick for Marlo. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong, <laughs> right? You know, but I mean, you get like a fifth, sixth, or seventh. I would think, and maybe you can get it conditionally if it could go higher if the team goes far. Uh, even if like, even if you like, you don't look at this year, and you're like, well, the team's so bad, maybe it's just a fluke. Pittsburgh took that flyer. I mean, and it didn't really work out. So, like, I don't know why, if you were a GM, would you take another flyer on Marlowe when when Pittsburgh was like, I thought they had a, like a legitimate shot to at least advance around, but they were like easily easily eliminated and it wasn't even close. Right. Uh, I think they played the Islanders. I think they were, oh, I think the they... uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, they yeah. lost to Montreal. Montreal was Montreal. a twelve seed, and, and yeah. Pittsburgh was five. five. So, uh, just to make sure we clarify this, because there was a lot of speculation out there today. Per a Shark spokesperson today uh, that spoke to us, there is no date on the books for for the opening of the tank to the fans. Uh, so that's up in the air as of right now, of what we know at this pick. You know. Um, you know, uh, you know. Uh, do you think he'll get another third round pick? That was a free Donato from last year's trade. PJ, I wish, I wish, you know. Uh, but to me, I've I've always said, retain half his salary, send him to Toronto. If Jumbo and and Patty could win the cup, you know, that'd be great. You know, but uh, even like Toronto's having issues with Joe uh, Thorne, but. So that's beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of issues, uh, we did hit the 30 likes. Jerry and I believe Laurel have uh, made the donation. So it's time for the wrap around. And boy, howdy. <laughs> oh, man. You know, um, Buffalo. Oh, my gosh. And uh, a good friend from Adidas Hockey, Eric Bottomer. I feel for you, man. Buffalo went into the third period up. Three nothing on the Philadelphia Flyers. I was almost at the point where you're gonna say, okay, so you're gonna have Mika Zibanejad score six points on you twice, and then you're gonna lose to Philly, and then you're gonna lose to Buffalo. Don't worry, things changed. They got goals from Hayes, Giroux, and Couturier to force overtime. Provorov would win it in overtime. The Flyers would win. Four to three in overtime. Sabres. <laughs> Sabres. Good news. Here's some good news for you, Buffalo. You end a nine-game losing streak. Bad news is, is your winless streak is now at 18 games. You surpass the 92-93 Sharks. Yes, the team that lost 71 games 
in the regular season. So. Yay. <laughs> Buffalo, I think, is almost guaranteed to have the best odds at the draft lottery at this point. Uh, quickly going through other th- scores, Penguins beat the Islanders 2-1 to one in that one. McCann with the game winner there. In overtime, the Leafs lose to the Oilers 3-2. to two. Darnell Nurse. Hello, Nurse. Uh, if, if you know what that reference is, you know, good for you. Uh, with the game-winning goal on that one, three to two Oilers over the Leafs. Avalanche win five to two. I believe it's the third time this season that the Colorado Avalanche have outshot their opponents by more than thirty shots. They're going to be a dangerous team going into the playoffs. Uh, another one would be the Vegas Golden Knights. They win four to one over the LA Kings. That one, uh, Calgary loses again. They're now 16-18-3 on the season as the Jets wallop them 5-1. to one. Connor Hellebuck didn't hella suck. And that is your recap, per se. The Barracuda play tomorrow, I believe. And it wouldn't surprise me, just just randomly looking at it, that it's it's going to be Bakersfield. And, and now I'm going to check to see if I'm right or not and I am right 6 p.m. at Solar for America Ice they take on the Bakersfield Condors so appreciate it uh, on that one but shoot Sharks win 4-3 to three. now question being at, with what Bugner said you know about how he's liked Jones's game lately do you go with Joner, or do you give Dumnik a chance to showcase his talents? Because I know there are certain teams that could use a decent goaltender right now. <clears throat> Toronto. The problem with Dumnik is that contract is, is probably a little bit too much. I think that if if you're going to trade Dumnik, the Sharks should probably have to retain, I would say, about 50% of it to at least entice someone. Um, and you know, you would have to have a good, you know, defensive core to at least stop a lot of the offense, a lot of speed forces, because um, what Arizona really did show is I, I, I've, I was really not happy with that performance against him. So I, I just think that if you're really going to, if you're really going to put Dubnikin in the net, um, Minnesota, again, is another speed. They, they do have a lot of, a lot of players that do have, you know, can I'm I'm blanking on the words, but essentially, I'm not too sure you can rely on Dubnik as a playoff goaltender going forward. And I'm, maybe you can get like a third round draft pick, maybe a fourth round draft pick, but like I would definitely just ride Jones. Maybe that's the goaltender you probably try to trade, and maybe that's the goaltender you, you showcase. Yeah, I mean, Jones will be the one that will get a good chunk of the starts, especially now that uh, he's been on a good run lately. Uh, Dubnik had that rough game against Arizona, but I think as much as Dubnik wants to potentially stay here and sign a contract extension, could you kind of like slide it in? It's just like, you know, uh, Patty did where, I mean, let's be honest. How many times were we saying on here 
or on the pucknologist that you trade Patty, you get some assets, and you know you're going to sign him next season. <laughs> I could totally see them doing that with Devin Dubnik. And to retain the salary for his free agency year, uh, you know, you could get that and maybe hope that you can get get a higher pick in return for it. Case. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, he's only been the Sharks organization for less than a year. So if there is like a handshake deal, that he'll come back. But he does have his family in Minnesota. So there's more of a chance of him coming back to Minnesota than him staying with the Sharks. Right. It's possible. I mean, they had a house ready to go. I think the story was he had the house ready to go. And then when they started camp in Arizona, uh, the family's like, no, we're just going to stay up here for the year. We'll deal with that. You know, we'll deal with that later on if things turn around. You know, uh, David H. saying eat salary before trading picks. Keep as many picks as possible. Uh, you know, uh, PJ with the Super Chat donation. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it. Uh, Go Sharks, a $5 donation. Of course, donations either from here or Venmo uh, go back to help support the show and the running costs. Uh, is your alarm going off? Yep. We're good. We're good. Okay. Just making sure. For those who don't know, Al has a job that starts at 1 o'clock in the morning, which is why he's able to do this. So thank you very much. Um, uh, you know, the thing is, is uh, and uh, AJ wants to know, how did Al, how much did Al pay for Favelshi's uh, shield? Uh, $9.5 million, uh, basically. <laughs> his, his star's contract. Dang. <laughs> I kid. I was going to say, I want to work at your TV station. Damn. No. I wish. I wish. Yeah. I've had it for a while. I've just not hanged it up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, based on reports, it appears Wilson will focus on the defense in the upcoming draft after taking nothing but forwards in the last year. I, I would think so. You, bro- you you drafted all forwards. So it'll be interesting to re recap that. So, uh, you know, Will Dubnik go back to Minnesota? No, I think they got two hot goaltenders right now. They made they made Stalock expendable, and I think Stalock went had gone to Edmonton. It's funny Edmonton picked up two former Sharks goaltenders off of waivers this season. First it was Troy Grosnick, and now uh, Stalock as well. So interesting to see hot, how that works out. Hot take: we, If there's a chance to get out of Evander Kane's contract, we should. Ooh. Well, I think there's a chance that we might renegotiate his contract just because um, there's been reports about um, everything about his gambling debt and everything about that, how they might renegotiate it during the offseason and how they might keep that away from the debt collectors. Um, It wouldn't surprise me if uh, I'm not too sure what his cap hit is right now. I think it's somewhere in the seven million. Maybe they bring it back, bring it down to what should I say, six million, potentially. Um, question be but, question being is that if that is allowed and Evander comes back, you know, will there be a loophole in the CBA that causes that causes an issue for that? I think anytime you do that, you have to get the the HLPA and the owners to mutually agree to that, um, which. I think they might do it just because I know the owners will. And I think, you know, 
I think definitely the owners will, and I think you might have to you might have to negotiate with the players union to, to definitely agree with that. Well, uh, jerk saying that makes zero sense. Evander King has been the best forward this year and is worth every penny. And that and you're absolutely right. Leading leading point scorer on the on the squad right now. Uh, you know, I, I I can't see them tearing up the deal. But you just I mean. In this crazy story, who knows? Uh, but uh, yeah, I, like I said before, he's been the best consistent forward this season. Uh, with everything going around, that's a major thing with absolutely. him because, especially the knock against him in Buffalo was, oh, he's a locker room cancer. He's a, you know, he's not consistent at all. Nice and. Again, we're talking about Buffalo, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, they're regretting that trade. I think they're regretting the trade of Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly as well, so... Yeah, especially O'Reilly. Yeah, <laughs> right? Let's be honest here. <laughs> All right. Well, in case you missed anything and you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. Spot, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, we do it all here. We all we have a boatload of content. We do a post game show after every game. Of course, Pucknologist every Sunday night at seven p.m. Pacific, uh, and then interviews all across. Uh, I mean, we've interviewed everybody from John Scott, Dylan Gambrell, uh, even Sharks Brass. Uh, check us out. We appreciate it. If it is very important that if you haven't hit that subscribe button, it goes a long way. So we appreciate you if you haven't. Uh, if you have, thank you. If you haven't, subscribe, please. And then, of course, hit that notification bell. That lets you know when we go on the air. So with that, closes it up. Uh, Al, good to see you as always. We'll let you uh, get ready for for uh, work. And yes. Crazy hour as I head to bed. Your final thoughts on where the people can find you. Um, my last thoughts is I would just come into the last stretch of the season with little expectations and just watch. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I get there's a trade deadline and people are going to say, Hey, we should trade this person for this person. But I don't think there's going to be any momentum for the sharks in terms of trading block. Even that, even that goes for Marlowe. Um, and I know that's not saying much, but like, there's a lot of reasons why the Sharks are what they are, and that's we've seen it on the ice. But you can find me on Twitter on Al Um I'm always talking hockey, always talking video games, and always talking hockey. So I'll see you on Twitter. Um, see you there. All right, Al. I'm at PuckGuy14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. We'll be back with you on Wednesday following the Sharks and Wild. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you joining us here. There's still 45 of you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We really, again, it does go a long way. And before we go, because the Sharks are still in a draft spot, they have the seventh best odds. Let's do it, folks, without looking. Let's see if I can do this. I know this is great audio content. All right. And on here, the pick goes, the number one pick goes to Buffalo, and uh, the Sharks retain number seven. All right. So number seven overall in that one. So the conversation now continues on Discord. Head on over there. Uh, I think AJ and Jerk will be waiting for you uh, over there, and I will probably check in a little bit after that. 
thank you all for watching and be safe out there. And until next time, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you on Wednesday night.